Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. So there's a lot of these kind of videos. How cool is that seven-year-old? Parents, I'm sorry in advance. We knew that all the kids were still going to be here. So we wanted to make sure they got something out of it too, you know. Yeah, time-lapse testimony. You remember the title. Sorry if you're going to have to buy that big Titanic now. <laughs> Probably like $800 or something. <laughs> $600? Woo, $600. Right. Yeah, yeah, get one for, no. <laughs> yeah, and then everybody takes a section home. You're going to have pieces all over the place. Woo, amazing. The, the reason I brought that up also today Obviously, for the visual, but uh, oftentimes what happens is if we, when things don't look like they are, they are on the box in our life, right, we almost want to give it back to back in frustration. But everything, everything, right, in this life requires to be built. Growth requires patience and persistence. When someone uh, shares their testimony with you and, you know, how they were set free, um, this is typically a time-lapse testimony. If you think about it, right? where they're fast-forwarding through, who knows, seven years of just life stumbles, frustration. Think about it, right? And everything. And so I'll, us looking on the side be like, whoa, that's cool. That's an amazing story. But what we are not realizing is that we're living within our own time lapse and what God is doing and continuously showing us miracles. And even right now, up until this point, if you go back, you can probably say a little bit of t- time-lapse testimony of what God has done in your life. Amen? So... What Peter says sounds so simple, and it's funny, the manner in which Peter says it, it sounds like all of a sudden, um, in the first two verses, Peter tells us to like get rid of all the bad things in our lives, right, and grow up, but then, however, he uses the image of a baby to show us the way God's kingdom is built. It will be different from the time-lapse video that we just watched, right? Everybody's uh, story is written differently, and it, it's not that time-lapse testimony is not untrue. It just happens so quick when somebody reviews it, right? Uh, but the problem, again, we start comparing a real-life process to somebody else's highlight reel. Does that make sense? All right. Nope. Only a few people got it. I want you to help me preach today, church. Come on. Why did Jesus uh, use uh, an example of a mustard seed to talk about something so great like kingdom of God, right? Think about it. Because this is how kingdom of God grows. Like when disciples were expecting, like here he is, Jesus winding up, like the kingdom of God. And they're like, yeah, we're going to rule and it's going to be amazing. And it's like, it's like a mustard seed. Like it's so anticlimactic. Like really? Oh, that? Okay. Okay, let's see where this goes. But that's the thing is everything starts small, okay? And if you're faithful and little, God gives you more. And that's how you grow your faith. So one thing I'm just looking back in my life. Uh, my parents, so if somebody can look at my faith right now and say where I'm at, but my parents have been planting seeds. Parents, you, you have been planting seeds early on. Like me right now, I'm copying what my parents did. You know, they read Bible to me before going to bed and things like that. Parents, you are already planting seeds into your kids' lives. It's your decision. Remember when we were doing baby dedication, I said, Anna, uh, you know, already brought, dedicated him to the Lord. That was already parents' decision at that point uh, to do that. So parents, there's something profound in that. And as they're going into the school year, 
I really want them to be encouraged. Parents, I want to encourage you because guess what? The system of this world, the kingdom of this world is completely different. And they're going to be taught opposite things. So you have to always keep them grounded on the word of God. Amen? So, yes, you know, my parents, like if I look back, I'm like, wow, parents have put in a lot of time in planting seeds before I was even 12 when I accepted Jesus. Um, Yes, salvation decision was a sudden event, right? You can ask, and the preacher says, hey, who wants to accept Jesus into the life? All right. So, however, parents have been sowing for many years of persistence. As far back as, like I said, when I was a baby probably, and when mom was probably singing me some worship songs, quoting me scripture when I was little. So my salvation decision is a time lapse, and it did not capture all the work that my parents put in, right? So, and my decision at 12 was just me catching up with what God was doing all along. I don't know if that makes sense. So, this really blesses me as a parent. Because knowing that I, I as a parent have so much value, I bring so much value into my children's lives. It's beyond uh, an understanding. You think they're tiny and they're screaming around. Trust me, the seeds are being planted. Um, let me bring up Proverbs 22.6 right now to you. It says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. How awesome is that? <laughs> and all we want, you know, in our lives oftentimes is to skip over that stuff. Uh, that doesn't make us so spiritual, right? <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to leave this part out. But the thing is, God is able to use every situation and work through every problem. If, if we look historically through the scripture, we look at a Samson. He made some bad decisions. And God still worked through that decision because there was something, right? There was parents involved. They were, when they were little, she already was dedicating him before the Lord. So now let's talk about how God is, uh, how God built the nation of Israel, right? With Abraham and Sarah. So God tells a woman that couldn't have children <laughs> at a very old age, uh, telling them that this nation is going to be built different. Uh, so God is sending signal from the beginning of time, right? That this nation is going to be built different. It will be built in the face of the impossible odds. All sorts of people are going to be attacking it. So today, if you're in the physical impossible situation, if you have a very difficult situation, this should be great news to you. This should be great encouragement that, you know, despite all the odds, God builds things differently than that the world builds. Amen? So, and the thing is, God does not need to have a finished product in order to have, in order to fulfill his promise. I really want to point that out. Here's the main point. <laughs> the way God works is built differently. Look at Isaiah 55 verse 8 through 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. So I want to point that out real quick. That we're seated in the heavenly places. So when we have Lord in our lives, we have a different perspective completely. And in, in this world, people run into some kind of situation. They're like, ah, ah, like whatever it may be. COVID or any pox. I don't know. Where, anything can come your way. And people are just troubled by any situation in life. But as believers, you're like, Eh, the Bible talks about all that. I ain't afraid. Home Alone 
Kevin. I'm not afraid anymore. You, sh- you should not be afraid, right? Because the Bible talks about those things, but we are his children, right? And he's working with us through us. He's working us. We're unfinished product. God is working up until this day. He's working on me. I can confidently tell you that, right? So, and, but all we need to do is just look at uh, Jesus' disciples, the 12 disciples, right? On the surface, I love to bring an example of Peter, or like Matthew, tax, tax collectors. Um, he's far from being a prime candidate, like, to build a team around, <laughs> if you think about it, right? He probably had some issues of his own. And Peter, I love that Peter's not even like a pre-rabbi school or anything like that, right? He's a, he's a fisherman. And when Jesus decides to change the world, he goes to a fishing dock. I love that. <laughs> it's like, hmm. just the way he's building is not according to the values and systems of this world, right? Remember when Gideon had too many, uh, too many men to fight the battle? Just that phrase alone, it sounds a little weird, right? Too many men to fight the battle. <laughs> Anytime you want to fight a battle, you need more men, right? Think about it. So God, God reduces his army from... Um, from like, what are we, thousands to hundreds, right? And just 300 men to defeat 150,000 men. That's wild. That's insane. You would think about it. Typically, this is called building backwards or build back better, whatever. (laughs) But sometimes, you know, the thing is God does build things backwards in our life where where God is stripping and subtracting rather than adding and multiplying, really. So we've got to say, hey, get rid of this, right? Get rid of this stuff so I can give you the blessing, so I can, so I can give you a lot more. And we're like, no, 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 no. I got this figured out. We were holding on. And I was like, hey, when you hand it over to me, I can give you something new. So First Peter, again, I want to bring that verse 4. So First Peter 2, 4. As you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, this living stone who we worship, was rejected by humans, but chosen by God. In other words, God selects what man rejects. I did not come up with that. I've heard that one of the preachers say, but it's just awesome phrase. God selects what man rejects. So in this verse, God is pretty much projecting the picture of Jesus, right? In other words, like, you know, if you buy it, like Lego said, whatever. Jesus is what's on the box in order to show us what our lives could look like. Does that make sense? Okay, so being kind. Being perfect, being powerful, full of grace and truth, big enough to do miracles and simple enough to take a time for a child and put him on your lap. Do you see what I mean? Like Jesus is an embodiment, uh, embodiment of just a perfect image of how humanity should be, how God designed it from the beginning, right? So Jesus is what you may, may call a blueprint for humanity. The Bible also calls him second Adam, right? And so when God sent perfection into the world... No one recognized him. So why did no one recognize perfection? Because people are dumb when, they, when they're in fallen state. They, we, really are, we look at wrong stuff, right? We always look at the wrong stuff into people. Uh, finding a celebrity to humiliate. If you look at this world, right? Somebody sets a trend like, oh, that must be them. Like a, a celebrity. <laughs> That's funny because I always wondered, like, where do people come up with these styles? Like a celebrity will put on a hoodie and rip shorts just to try to like hide in public so they can go to the grocery store. And they're like, yeah, that's a pretty cool style. I think, I'm gonna, I think that's pretty cool. So, but deep inside, when people are looking up to these celebrities and some of them, they even came to the Lord and even not, you know, they're secretly miserable. 
They really are. And then God puts like people in our life that are actually good for us, like that are role models that are actually helpful. And we reject them and we can call them, ah, old heads. You know, what do they know about today's world? See, this is where we need to pay attention because so children, I want to encourage you, you know, spend time with parents. When they are talking, listen, it's, it's amazing because let me just say the times where I was a teenager and when my dad was trying to tell me and I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, you can skip over that age. You don't have to do things that what they say uh, before you become old and wise, you have to be young and stupid. You don't have to. You can avoid a lot of mistakes, okay? And so that's why it's so good to be around people that actually care for you and love, for you, love you, youth. When you're, make, when you're making that little decision to show up to youth, it's powerful. It, what seems so little right now is big to God, okay? That's why we're talking about little things becoming big. Amen? So we have this perfect image, Jesus, and then Son of God, and He's rejected, right? The eternal Lamb of God, just think about that. Without blemish, he is rejected. The very foundation of the earth, the one from, was from the beginning, the, everything that was built around, the word that was spoken from eternity, yes, that Jesus is rejected. So, and I'm thinking like, well, what makes us think that we will never be rejected? <laughs> We're like, we get shocked by that, right? Jesus was despised, and I'm thinking, so what makes us think that we're going to be well-liked by everybody. In fact, Bible actually talks about a lot of the opposite things that in this world will be hated. I'm going to get to some of these scriptures right now. And we don't get this typical message anymore, right? Because we get this message that Jesus was resurrected. And we talk about the highlights of the amazing things, but all the stuff, the time-lapse of Jesus and all the struggles and the pain, the rejection, right? But that was all part of it. That was all part of it. So, and I'm pretty sure that there's not a single person, not a single kid, even teenager in this room that did not felt rejected or ignored. Uh, the popular term nowadays, the unseen. Like, I'm just unseen. You've heard that, right? But that's nothing new to Jesus, all right? Look at this, John chapter 15, uh, verse 18 through 21. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. I just love Jesus. I could totally see him just smiling there reading that. <laughs> if you belong to the world, it would love you as its own, as it is. You do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember, verse 20, remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name. For they do not know the one who sent me. Right? So that just wasn't revealed to him. So why all this hatred, right? Why all this darkness? Because light and darkness have nothing in common. It was from the beginning. Right? The devil didn't like it. So there's continuous, constant battle between darkness and light. And they cannot merge. They really cannot. Okay? And the important thing is I want to point out when... Jesus himself, when he was praying, right, his last prayer, he, he prayed, he said, he's not asking us to take us out of the world, right? Spiritually, we're taken out of the world. We have nothing in common. But that the world would not infiltrate us, amen? Because we are supposed to impact. I don't support people that want to go and run away to the mountains and things like that. That's cool, I guess, if God had revealed that to you. But we're supposed to be salt and light to the world, right? 
Look at the example of Jesus. I mean, he, he wasn't afraid of hanging out. I mean, people were questioning him, who he was hanging out, eating, drinking with, you know. It's unbelievable because they were like, what? What kind of kingdom is that? What kind of king? He comes to these people that are not like, not even a high standard, right? But God is bringing us out of darkness into his light. And Matthew chapter 5, 11 verses 12. I do want to point out, it's important to be grounded in God. If you're struggling with certain things and you're hanging out with friends that have the similar struggles and situation, chances are you're going to fall right back to that trap. You've got to be on solid ground before you can pull somebody out of a pit. Amen? Matthew chapter 5, verse 11 through 12. Blessed are you, God, I love Bible. Blessed are you when people insult you, <laughs> persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you on Instagram and Facebook because of me. It, put that in. Anything. It's happening, right? Verse 12. Rejoice and be glad <laughs> because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. It was long, long ago. And every time, any time, God was moving. There was always a counterattack to what God was doing, right? When you come to Christ, uh, we use the word, like I've said earlier, accepted, right? Accepted Jesus into my life. Now, at least that's what the preacher told me when I was at the age of 12. That's when I accepted Jesus. Um, it was uh, it's my time-lapse testimony, if you think about it, leading up to that point, right? But I accepted Jesus when I was 12. Accepting Jesus was easy, Okay. I was watching Hell's Gates, Hell's Flames. <laughs> that was really cool. <laughs> that made it a lot easier. <laughs> the devil runs up to you and makes an eye contact and he says, hey, I will see you in hell. <laughs> I got me. You know, Bible does say you should save certain people through fear. And then maybe that scripture applied to me at that moment. But I was 12. But accepting Jesus was a quick decision. It was fast. Um, I mean, what is there not to accept? He's going to pay my sins. He's going to you know, forgive me of my wrongdoings, take my shame, stand in my place, you know, die for me. He is going to, you know, put his resurrection power in me. He is, you know, uh, he will intercede on behalf to the Father on my behalf. I mean, what is there not to like? I'll take it, right? It's great. That's a good deal. Accepting Jesus is a great deal. But it's been 23 years since my salvation. 23 years. Since I accepted Christ, um, when I accepted Christ, probably took me 23 seconds to get to the aisle. Um, Muldoon Church, I'll never forget that every time I pass by it. It's next to my other favorite place, Pha, called Vietnam too. <laughs> I love Pha. <laughs> That's a good place. That's the best one in Anchorage, I think. Um, but it took me, you know, 23 seconds to go down the aisle, probably. But it's been 23 years. Like yesterday, you know, when I was thinking about like counting, I'm like, how many years have I been saved? Yes, I grew up in a Christian home, but I made that decision when I was 12. It hasn't been easy. Let me just say that. Uh, Vic is not perfect. <laughs> He's not always forgiving. Yes, I'll confess to you. <laughs> Pastor, not always forgiving. Um, He's not all wisdom. Okay? Thank you. <laughs> Because I got a wisdom next to me. How cool I am. God really surrounded me with some amazing wise people. But accepting Jesus, you know, took a moment. Accepting Vic took a lifetime. The point is to accept Jesus and not to accept how Jesus sees you. We're missing the point of salvation. 
right? Because how God sees us, how Jesus sees us is different than what devil is always reminding you who you are. You're a failure. Look how many times you did this. You know, things like that. First Peter chapter 2, verse 5, not only does Peter say that he is holy, Peter is also saying he's making you holy, right? Not only did Peter say that Jesus is the cornerstone, but says you are those living stones. Come on. I have read the scripture so many times and concluded that this, right? Wisdom of men is faulty. <laughs> it really is. You can go to the best advisory, sometimes counselor and stuff like that, and it can be faulty. They rejected wisdom of Jesus, right? Wisdom of God. And the only type of wisdom that you should actually can be trusted, right? And they rejected that. And here's a deeper understanding. Jesus is the stone that we build on, and we are the stone that he builds on. Does that make sense? So that was just revealed to me in a new way. I'm like, wow, the Lord wants to build on us. We are the stones. We are the core. That's, I don't know why I've read that scripture so many times, but just, I don't know what it is. Sometimes you just read it and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? So, and who is it better to hear from than the Peter, the disciple? That impulsive Peter, remember? Like something's happening, like, ah, I'm going to chop his ear off. Like, Jesus, I will never reject you. No, no, never. Right before Jesus gets taken. So, yes, the same Peter that denied Jesus just before Jesus was crucified is the same Peter that Jesus turns to in Matthew 16, 18. It says, and I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Just earlier before that, right, he was trying to tell Jesus, hey, don't do the cross. I don't think it's a good idea. And then Jesus says, get away from me, Satan. You know, I love that it's in the same passage. But it just says that what God sees is different than what people see. How God builds is different, right? It's different than the systems of this world. Today, God builds on barren wombs, people who aren't noticed by other people. A mom who has four kids running around screaming. Dad who's working hard to provide for his family. We're living, you know, it, the, the scripture tells us about the end times. Or the last will be first, first shall be last. I do believe significantly in the kind of people that might be rejected by people, but who God chooses, right? Might be a teenager who made that decision to ask Jesus to guide, help him guide him through their life in this very crazy world. People who have no business being built on. This is who God's selecting. You, me, your kids. If you're here right now, God is choosing you for the time like this. And I've said a few times before that, is that God trusts us for this time. Think about that. We're born and sometimes people are like, ah, I would not... I don't want to have kids. I've met parents that said, I'm not going to have kids. Not, not in this world we're living in. Don't be afraid. We're supposed to shine, right? We're supposed to uh, multiply. And in fact, the other opposite side says, don't have kids. It's anti-family. Don't expand. It gives me promise and hope for God's setup. Because guess what? Your children are going to bring other children to God. They're going to be the light and salt to this world. So I'm encouraged by that. When I look at all these kids, I'm like, yes, sitting pretty, Lord. Thank you. 
Like I said, the reason we just get frustrated is because we see other people's time-lapse testimony, years of hardships, right? This is the same Peter <laughs> we're talking about who says, we are chosen in a royal priesthood. The same Peter that says, Jesus, go away from me. Go away from my boat because I'm a sinful man. And here he is. He's like, guys, trust me. God, <laughs> Jesus knows what he's talking about, right? But Peter has come a long way. The stone that builders rejected is now preaching 50 days later after Jesus is gone, right? Uh, I mean, resurrected. He's preaching during Pentecost. The same person that lied about his affiliation with Jesus, right? And yet God says, I, I can work with that. Um, God says that his kingdom will not be built on prestige, right? It will, be, it will be built on people who prioritize God's presence, okay? Us. We should not try to build on somebody else's box. Like, God has given you a layout, okay? I should say blueprint with your own pieces. So we're not supposed to look at other people's blueprint. You can't. Your pieces will, they're designed for you, right? But I love this. It's get rid of all the malice. So in order for us to receive that, we got to get rid of stuff. And we got to receive God. So your timing is going to look different. Okay? The seasons that we're going through are different. There's times where I went through a season where, I, you know, my mom passed away. And then later I see other people going through that. But during that time, I come up under their shoulders and I am able to carry them through. God's family is so uniquely designed. We are here connected to the body of Christ because something happens. We're here to support each other. We're growing together. Amen? So, but all of our seasons are going to be different. How God uses you is going to be different than how God uses me. I mean, it's amazing to see how some people can just, you know, have a testimony. They go out hunting with a friend. I mean, don't get so hopeful. It's not always going to be like that that you're going to bring people through hunting. But whatever, a mechanic, it could be a clerk. It could be uh, you in school, in high school, shining the light. And some kids are struggling, and they're through, going through depression, or their parents are going through divorce. And you say, hey, can I pray for you? Youth, I'm telling you, you guys are vessels. How cool is it to be able to look back, teenagers, and say, I, Lord has used you to save their life. You were able to stop them from suicide. I'm telling you, children, youth, God has set you up and planted you in the house of God for a purpose, for a season, because he trusts you with people and the friends that are around you. Amen? So don't let God diminish you or change your blueprint. Amen? So, like, look at Jewish people. They wanted a king, right? And uh, not a carpenter. But Jesus was both. Why not both? <laughs> I think God had an idea. There's something, the image behind it. He made a uh, carpenter to be our savior. Think about it, right? This means that there's a symbolism behind it. Through cutting and sanding, finished product may look different, right? My product, who I am, is going to be a little different than somebody who's next to me, but being confident in the process, being confident that every situation that you're facing in your life right now, God is molding you. And he, he, don't let devil disrupt that, amen? So your belief, your belief, right? Your faith is your blueprint, okay? Um, all the behaviors we're trying to change will not stick on our own if we don't change our belief system, okay? That caused 
by those behaviors. So our belief system, we talked about it. We had a whole series called BS series, okay? Belief systems. And what your, your world is trying to teach you, you know? A lot of it is truly that. It's their belief systems. It's their BS. It's true. But you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen, church? Come on. Don't let the devil destroy your blueprint. Don't judge your transformation based off somebody's time lapse, right? Somebody says, like, ESPN highlight reel. Great. But your transformation is different. Don't compare your behind the scenes to somebody else's highlight reel, right? I remember when we were in Armenia, and uh, they played a promo video of me and dad. This is cool, guys. I felt like a celebrity. <laughs> we went to a church that has many thousands. Each service is like four and a half thousand people seated. <laughs> I walked out, and, or before walking out, I was scared. I don't know. Never preached in front of such a crowd. But they played this promo video of me and my dad, all the highlights and facts, you know, how many kids, grandkids moved from here to here, started here, started from the bottom, now we're there. I'll, you know, the thing, like, just, it looked phenomenal. I was just sitting there, like, yeah, that's my family, <laughs> you know. Um, but then when I thought about everything that parents had to endure to get there, right, through hardship, growing up in socialist country, not having enough, my dad only working, working hard to provide for the family, I look at all that, and I look at my God, that is worth it. What a time-lapse testimony that was. It gave me a new understanding and confidence of what God's grace is. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the Christ Jesus. How cool is that? I've read that so many times, it sounds pretty cool, but it says, until the day of Christ Jesus. So that means we're going to be worked on until we, right before Jesus comes. <laughs> so don't get discouraged if you haven't got everything figured out. Okay? That's why you need Jesus. That's why we have Christ in our life, right? God is building us as stones and we need each other, okay? And so that's amazing. We can't figure out everything on our own. That's why God has placed us in the body of Christ. Amen? But the kingdom of this world teaches you to build on self-reliance. God's kingdom is built different. Kingdom of God is like, you know, you have family. You have church. And I love that the kingdom of God is built on imperfect people coming together for one purpose. And I believe it's to know him and to make him known. Amen? And I almost feel like the kingdom of God is enhanced by our shortcomings and our imperfections. It's like people could relate to that. Pastor Mark's so good at that. He'll say something and you're like, <laughs> I like him. He's alert. I, I can listen to that all day. Whatever he says after that. <laughs> because, you know, if you think about it from the surface, like, whoa, why would you said that out loud? Or like right now, like, like, why are you saying? Sometimes it's hard to forgive for you. Yeah, bad filter. <laughs> That's good. But God uses all things. All things work together for good, right? Romans 8.28. So the process of spiritual maturity is offering to God spiritual sacrifice that we just read, right? Acceptable through Jesus. And the real challenge of faith will be accepting his pro process in me. Does that make sense? So when Jesus is working through all our situations, right? He's sending, he's cutting, he's getting rid of some things. And if that means that I'm looking at the wrong box, 
God wants to build something completely different, you know, in my life than what I had in mind. And I'm good with it. I'm like, God, I trust you with that. We were built different. My timeline doesn't look like your timeline. My gift does not look like your gift, right? All of us have unique blueprint from God, again. And ask yourself this question. Perhaps, you know, is there a new blueprint that God wants to give you or in your family? You know, maybe you were doing up until that point, you were just kind of replicating, copying something that was told to you, and, and God wants to hand you something. Um, when Moses was building the tabernacle, right, to tribute, tribute to God, it was like in a mobile format. It was continuously moving, right, because they were moving through the desert. Um, and this is good instruction for us because we have to make plans sometimes on our pencil. Okay, when you're talking about blueprints, right, and I have a big fat eraser, and <laughs> the Lord says, hey, get rid of this. Get rid of mouse, a little bit of envy, right? But I want to bring this to this passage, Exodus 25, 40. So Moses goes up, right, up top. God is speaking to him. And it's such a profound verse. I found new depth of it. See that you make them according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. Right? See to it. When you come off, uh, come off the mountain, right, you go down to your everyday life where all the problems are. Think about it. Here's Moses getting a download about giving, getting this, you know, Ten Commandments and stuff like that. But he's like, now that you, when you go down to those people that are really, really weird, Lord is like working through all their difficulties, right, and showing his grace. Where all the confusion, he's telling you that when you go down, when you go in your secret room and one-on-one with God, and God tells you, you are loved, you are amazing, I know that you can do, you are more than conqueror of Christ. And then when you get out into this world and everybody's, their standard is different. It's see, he's pretty much saying that according, do, it says see that you make them according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. Stick with what was on the mountain. Stick with when God was speaking to you, Right? Even when you were a kid, because God is continuously speaking to us. See that the pattern you built on is not a pattern of this world. Amen? But rather, pattern that you see in God's presence. I'm telling you guys, the greatest uh, place to be is in the will of God. In the presence of God. You will not be wrong. You can handle any situation. It doesn't matter what this world will throw at you, right? God gives us a blueprint as to the kind of people we can become. Amen? So... Take what God gives you on the mountain. Bring it to the valley. We're literally, I think it's also prophetic. (laughs) We're bringing it to the valley. What God is speaking here, we're bringing it to the valley. Amen? And don't worry about it. Don't worry if people reject you. Right? God selects what man rejects. Don't downplay what you're destined for. But key thing is, don't build on somebody else's blueprint. (laughs) Okay? It's just... Just because it looks cool on the box and stuff like that, God has given you your own pieces. He has given you your own children, and he says, you got this. If you put me first in your life, just see what happens. See what I can do through you. Amen? So, and we are people of faith, not of instant gratification and saying, yeah, Lord, I need instance. Oftentimes we're praying, like, God, answer this. Like, we want to, like, I say, like, Amazon Prime, like, instant. Like, come on, Lord. And if it doesn't, we get frustrated. Don't get frustrated. You're working until the day of the Lord, right? Until Jesus comes. Amen? So your feet are placed on solid ground. I love that hymn. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. 
Amen. First Peter 2.9 again. But you were a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. I want you to hear this from God. This is God talking about you and me. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light, right? And don't be afraid if their situations are hard. Look at the 2 Corinthians 12.10. For the sake of Christ then, I'm content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. I mean, Paul's saying everything. For, for when I'm weak, then what? I am strong. I'm content with weakness, insults, hardship, persecutions, calamities. <laughs> Kids, teenagers, somebody talking smack, let them do it. Don't lower yourself to that standard, right? You're above that. You're, you're, you're a leader. I like to, in our youth now, as always say, you're a youth leader, okay? We don't call it a youth group. We call them youth leaders right now in our youth. And um, you're in the midst of your time-lapse testimony, right? And there's another song. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. You know the chorus goes, right? On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Let's stand for our prayer. Lord, we thank you that you've been speaking to us, Father God. Moses got his blueprint in the pattern from Mount Sinai, Sinai, Lord, where God gave him the law to his people, Lord. But this is not where we get our blueprint from. What Jesus chose is built differently. It's not built on Mount Sinai with rolling thunder, Lord, but it is built on the hill far away where an old rugged cross stood. This is where we build around, Lord. The pattern we should build in our lives is around Calvary, Lord, what you've done. Where grace is greater than all of our sin and shame. So, Lord, when our faith runs out and we come up a little short and our answers are not all there, we haven't, don't have it all figured out, we have greater grace working in our lives. And God is not building on our lives and what we deserve. He's building a much truer foundation. That is a foundation that cannot be shaken because it is the foundation on Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we lift you up. And I pray, Father God, that every heart in this place, Lord, they would receive something to know today that, Lord, you are working through every situation in their life, Lord. I want, Lord, them to be feeling encouraged knowing that, Lord, you are the author and finisher of our faith. Lord, I bless every child in this place, Lord. Every parent that reads them a book, Lord. Every time they read them a story from the Bible, Lord. I pray, Lord, that these seeds would continue to be planted, Father God. And in due time, they will come forth, Lord. Just you showed us an example, Lord, that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Lord, help us when we see that little to say that it's not little, Lord. It is great, Lord. Oftentimes, most when you're doing work, it's somewhere that is hidden beneath the ground, Lord. 
But then it comes forth. And I pray, Lord, that every person and every child in this place, every teenager would be encouraged, every grandpa, every mother, every father, Lord God, that they know, Lord, that you have them in the palm of your hands, Lord. We put our trust in you and not in our education or our knowledge, Lord. We lay our feet, our place on the foundation, which is Christ Jesus. Amen. We love you. We bless you. And in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 It's not about our furniture. It's about foundation. Amen. Amen. Be blessed. If you need prayer, come forward. We'll be happy to pray for you. Otherwise, say hello to each other. Be blessed. Enjoy this amazing week. Children, be blessed in your schools. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.